For February 28th, 2020, and because it's a leap year, this is not the final day in February. We get an extra one tomorrow. Oh, what are you going to do? Uh, like, there's no laws in the land. You can't be convicted. You They'll can. be like, yeah, it'll be like, you got arrested on February 29th. And you're like, that's not a that's not a day. February's only got 28, 28 days, buddy. I'll probably spend it fucking playing Doom. Probably spend it fucking. Uh, and then watching AEW Revolution. <laughs> absolutely. So your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. Reed. Yeah. Why would they not call it Lethal Leap Year? Oh boy, because they can only have it every four years. Right, but Revolution's much more generic. They, they and, had a one-off Great uh, Balls of Fire. Yeah, the other thing we're thinking of is that AEW is going to revisit pay-per-view names, whereas Revolution could just be Revolution, and like there could be a Revolution too, but it doesn't mean that the next February pay-per-view will be called Revolution. Just call right? it Lethal Leap Year. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, just just change it. So just call, change it. get Cody on the phone. Paul a Birds of Prey and just change it to Harley. Yeah, that's Quinn. right. Cody Rhodes's Lethal Leap Year. <laughs> And the fantabulous emancipation of one Darby Allen. That's right. Holy <laughs> shit. We're, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. It's almost like a daunting amount of wrestling to I talk think, about. I think for Super Showdown, we should really only be talking about like three things anyway. Who gives a fuck? Uh, so this past Monday, we went to a live recording right, of we, Raw. Right, Raw. I forgot about uh, Raw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the February 24th edition of Raw from Winnipeg, Manitoba. We were there. We were there, baby. Uh, there were two dark matches. We had No Way Jose and a bunch of jobbers. Uh, local, a lot of local guys. Apparently, some of the uh, the pull apart guys in the ring there were also local wrestling talents. Okay. So WWE. Sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know what you would make on a do, doing that for WWE. What do you, th- what do you think that each of those guys took away? Hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. I would they say they paid like union scale. Yeah, I would say like two hundred. That's probably fair. Three hundred. <laughs> For who cares? For four minutes of work grabbing Becky let's, Lynch. Let's by talk the about this live raw. Yeah, so we were sitting on, on the floor to the corner of the ramp. I didn't like be, these seats at all, to uh, be honest. Well, they're good seats for a house show, but because Raw is being played to one corner of the of the arena, yes, you'd be much better off well, sitting in the one hundred. It's not level. just that because we're on floor, we're not elevated in any sense. So the people in front of us. Like are not lower than us, and I right. can't fucking see so anything. That wasn't the problem for me. The problem for me was like the wrestling parts were fine. I could make out what was happening. I, I could fine. kind of make out unless they uh, went outside the ring, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll let's die. let's be honest here. There was very little wrestling on this wrestling show. No, I disagree. I think there's you more. disagree compared there's to AEW lot. Dynamite for well, this yeah. week. Well, that was whatever. just wrestling. This is a three hour show, and I think compared to other Raws, there was a lot of wrestling here. All right. Well. Regardless of that, uh, we were near the ramps. We saw everybody coming out. Uh, we were onto the corner post. That would have been the far away left post of the the camera angle on the yeah. TV. Uh, and unlike other Raws and Smackdowns, they did not have to uh, pull any shenanigans with this crowd because it was a sellout. It was packed in there. Um, people of all ages and, and creeds having a good time with lots of signs, which you don't always see on these shows either. I uh, also couldn't see any entrance because... Because of that guy's little sign that he kept holding up. No, and then, uh, his, then his mom who just... Was just losing her mind every time Seth or Randy came out. I mean, out. she wasn't she just, the only one. Randy! So. Randy! 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 <laughs> we love Let's you, go, Randy! Seth. Let's go, Seth! Uh, yeah, so that aside, uh, this is the final stop on the road to Super Showdown for what that's worth in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Um, There's just lots of weird things I found. Not about this Raw in particular, but just being there live. So, like, when you yes. watch Raw on TV, it's very bright and the arena seems huge. 
and there's so many people in there, and then you're there live, and it seems, first of all, very dim lighted, which is a very particular I mean, I guess. thing. Yeah, but like, no, it's it had the lighting of like a house show. But but if, then, you, but if you look at other people's pictures that were sitting not on the floor, it looks like raw looks. So maybe it was just our perspective. Yeah, it just it looked yeah. very uh, house showy from our perspective. The, the set itself, I feel, is like a, a minimalist set compared to post past Ross. Do it has that like big slope now. Yeah, uh, and it, well, it looks cool, admittedly. Uh, it, it's definitely scaled back from what I think. Yeah, it just, everything be. seems smaller in real yes, life yeah. as opposed to watching on TV. Except for Randy Orton's legs, which yes, in fact seem bigger huge, than, yeah. than anything. So that was that was kind of, uh, I don't want to say bad or good, it was just kind of weird. It was. I thought you were going to refer to like how the commercial breaks work. Oh, they just show you previews of fucking movies and dumb shit. Right, but you would think during the commercial you could have R-Truth come out to his theme song, not the lights go out and R-Truth slinks to the ring like Solid Snake. Anyway... Uh, we had two dark matches. It was Noah Jose and Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin won with a submission. Are we going to uh, go through all of these matches? No. Uh, and then we, <laughs> then we had the other uh, the other dark match was for the 24-7 title, and it was uh, Riddick Moss and Cedric Alexander, and Riddick Moss won that one sure. after botching his uh, finisher. Sure. Uh, so the show starts, and uh, Randy Orton comes out. He takes all of 12 minutes to get to the ring, I Holy swear to God. Fuck. Um, he took like half of the Iron Man match with Kenny and uh, and Pac to get to the ring here. Um, taught, says uh, 15 years ago in Winnipeg uh, when he was here, he was 24 years old and he was the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, and then he went into talking about what was happening on that show. The crowd automatically asked for names and was trying to a little bit of a Y2J uh, chant we here. We definitely but, got one in there. Yeah, but Randy Randy powered through it uh, and made it know made it known he's talking about Edge on yeah. that show, which he was. Uh, even though he he wrestled Chris Jericho on that Raw 15 years ago. He did. His program was with We Edge. watched. We watched that Raw. Yeah. I saw it happen. Um, that was good times. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, no musical chairs uh, to start this Raw. No uh, Eugene. Just Kevin Owens coming out to a huge pop being the, uh, the home country boy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, comes out here, asks uh, Randy Orton, hey, why, man? Why'd you do it to Edge? Like, I grew up watching that guy. And, he, <laughs> and for him everybody, to be in. everybody in the crowd is yelling, why, Randy, why? Yeah. Uh, so they're going to have a match later tonight. Uh, Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza, these guys are fine. Great wrestling match. Uh, went a very long time through a few commercial breaks as far as I know. Um, it was... It was was fine. Uh, as, as the analysis says here, the commercial breaks hurt the flow of the match. So with us not seeing the commercial breaks, the match was much more cohesive. Sure. Uh, and Angel Garza taking off his pants uh, was, was an A+, plus yep. from uh, the lady I, sitting with us. Popped big time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we see Paul Heyman smugly preening backstage. as uh, Preening? He's preening. That, that's what he's doing. He's like rubbing his hands together. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> uh, we have Ricochet versus Luke Gallows. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Ricochet wins this one. <laughs> the Beast comes out. Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman cuts a promo talking about his ants' balls and that Ricochet has no fucking chance against Brock Lesnar. And turns out he was right. He just goes on the mic. My aunt has balls. Also, Ricochet, you don't have a chance. <laughs> you don't have a fuck. You don't. Uh, Alistair Black uh, has a match against Eric Rowan coming up next. Unfortunately, uh, the OC is backstage just healing it up and decides to jump and beat the living shit out of this guy for really no yeah. reason. I don't know... Whatever, fine. Sure. Uh, Alistair Black limps out of his coffin into the ring to fight Eric Rowan. Uh, there is a ongoing spot with this where Eric Rowan puts his little friend in the cage on the staircase. Yeah. And then something happens to the cage which results in Eric Rowan losing the match. Eric Rowan, 
Listen, we love you, bud. You got to figure something out with this cage. You need someone to hold it for Lee, you. He main evented WrestleMania with The Rock. How dare you? He yeah, but now he's he's getting jobbed out because he's he cares about whatever's in this no, cage. No, he's putting over the younger guys now. You don't understand. Oh, so, yeah, sorry. Rowan here in his is twilight of yep. his career uh, is putting over the. No, he's guys. a living legend, and he's there to put over the younger talent. Okay. Uh, so what was presented in the same way that commercials are presented at the Raw? So when it cuts to a commercial. Uh, you are basically getting some kind of bullshit on the screen, um, be it a clip from Jimmy Fallon or a, a literal commercial or something, a uh, commercial for WWE 2K20. Uh, and it's kind of unceremonious. They just kind of like, it's clearly a commercial. The lights kind of change. Uh, but this was a Drew McIntyre interview where he's talking about leaving the company, uh, making a name for himself, and then eventually coming back. And uh, yeah, so he talks about never winning a championship, even though he was the NXT champion, which is what Charlotte Flair is now competing for. Uh, on the World women's. Championship, he, we should say. Yeah, but what is the NXT championship? We already spent too much Isn't it time. the NXT World Championship? Sure, who cares? Um. <laughs> Whatever the case, uh, Drew McIntyre was not on the show proper other than this interview. Bobby Lashley! Bobby Lashley, son of a bitch. R-Truth sneaks to the ring, uh, talking about his... As we come back from a commercial, the lights come on, and hey, R-Truth's here, unceremoniously. Uh, he's talking about Truth TV, in which he wants to interview Bobby Lashley. Lana shrieks at him that it's going to be a match instead. Bobby Lashley wins this one. Yeah, sure. Elimination Chamber contract signing. We have Natalia, we have Shayna Baszler, we have Sarah Logan, we have Liv Morgan, we have Ruby Riot, and we have Asuka, and eventually two, Becky. Two of my boys who happen to be girls are up here. <laughs> That's Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan. Hey, Elimination Chamber, man, they gotta, there's gotta be six, you know? Fuck, you know what I'm talking me, about? Me, I hope Ruby Riot wins or something. I don't know. It's... I'm thinking they're going to go with Bailey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ruby, I guess Ruby one. Riot's going to win, Reed. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, Ruby Riot. Um, yeah, she's my favorite. I, I think, yeah. Anyway. But we all know it's going to be Shane and Becky, so what are we fucking getting here? What are we fucking getting here? Uh, Asuka cuts the best promo of the night, and it's completely unintelligible in Japanese. Yeah, there's... Uh, so our buddy Rod went to this, too, and the people behind him, one of the girls is like, what is she saying? Is she even speaking English? And her boyfriend's like, just like... She's speaking anime, Katie. Learn some fucking culture. Nice. Yeah. It's a wrestling show. I don't know what else you'd be saying. <laughs> uh, we have Angelo Dawkins uh, versus Murphy, immediately DQ'd by Seth with his go-away heat, uh, and it turns into Montez Ford versus Seth Rollins. They had a match. There was some okay stuff in here. Uh, I like Montez Ford. He's very charismatic. He's very charismatic, but... We already spent too much time on this Raw. Like, little did we know that after this point... All we would get was Seth Rollins for the rest of the night, too, yeah. right? Uh, your main event, Kevin Owens versus right, Randy right. Orton. Uh, they're having a match. Yep. Not the greatest match you no, would No, I thought this whole Raw was really fucking boring, by the way. Uh, this main event, they with the, f the finish alone, kind of ruined it. First of all, Randy, credit to you, uh, the ultimate heel, not doing his pose on the fucking... Oh yeah, people are pissed. My God, I gotta show you this picture I have. I'm like, he's gonna do it. He's gonna. It's like a perfect. It's gonna be the the episode picture probably. It's per yeah. Um, so they're having a fight. There's a heel ref. He does a quick count. Only Kevin Owens doesn't try to kick out anyways. So from us in the ring without the commentary, we had no idea what happened here. All we could do is say that was a fucking shitty finish. Um, Seth Rollins uh, and. Uh, and his crew are on the ramp. Kevin Owens, who prides himself on being a smart, quote-unquote, babyface, is distracted by Seth Rollins and crew three times during this match. Eventually, uh, Randy hits him with the draping DDT. 
and fucking gets the fast pin. It's revealed that the ref has a Seth Rollins Monday Night Messiah shirt. Sure. So Kevin Owens hits him with a chair and puts him through a table. I think we dived way too... For for guys that never review Raw every week, we dived way this, too much. This is fucking why. <laughs> Can you imagine not I know, but we also we still have to talk about Super Showdown, and then yes. we have to talk about Dynamite, and we only have half an hour left. Uh, immediately after the show goes off the air... Uh, <laughs> we keep talking yes, about it. <laughs> uh, the, the Seth crew jumps Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre comes out for the save, leading to a Tiny Balls chant, and yeah. Drew McIntyre versus Seth, in which Drew wins pretty much in a squash. Yeah, sure. Uh, Super Showdown. Let's talk about that before AEW. Let's just talk about like the top three matches. Right. Uh, so the ones that are setting up Mania stuff. Of course, you had you had Bailey and Naomi doing a full on match in Saudi Arabia, which has sure. not happened yet. There was something with was it Beth Phoenix and Natalia last no, year. No, it was Natalia and Lacey Evans. Okay, they had a match. It was just super simple and basic. It was just like here's a headlock, which is what any match with Lacey Evans would be, anyways. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns and King Corbin fought in a cage match. Wow. Sure. Uh, Seth Rollins, Murphy, Street Profits, Mansoor, and Dolph Ziggler. If you pay enough millions of dollars. You can have a babyface win in his hometown. Sure. Uh, and Dolph Ziggler carried that motherfucker through that match, sure. too. Uh, so, during lunch, I watched the Trophy Gauntlet match. Sure. Which was fucking awful. Did you Did you watch any of this? This is a super showdown. It's, the fuck, it's a fucking house show in Saudi Arabia. No, I didn't Where the, where the Undertaker shows up. Yeah. Uh, so, the two, the two main matches of contention here, I guess, would be The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg, and uh, Ricochet and Brock Lesnar. Let's start with Ricochet and Brock Lesnar. It was a minute and a half and Brock Lesnar fucking squashed him. Yep. Uh, so when you wonder why Ricochet is uh, doing dark matches with Shelton Benjamin in a year, uh, don't wonder. This is this is what you do. You push somebody, you you ask if they have a chance, and then you say, right, no, they don't. He's too small. Yeah. And then if you watch his New Japan shit, and this dude's doing fucking six barrel rolls in a goddamn jump. Yeah. He it's... doesn't get a chance to do anything here. No. He gets suplexed. Oh, uh, less is more, they keep saying. Like... <laughs> Fuck off. People who are watching wrestling in 2020 that are still left watching wrestling in 2020 don't want to see 10 minutes of headlocks or see a guy like Ricochet who has so much acrobatic ability and so much athleticism right. get squashed by Brock in a minute and a half. Let him like we all knew Brock was going to win. Sure. I don't think anybody would be upset by that. But let Ricochet do something. Well, the things. whole the whole thing is like, oh, you remember Brock and AJ, and you're like, oh, Brock likes working with like smaller guys, yeah, uh, and a, they can have a competitive match. Yeah. Spe- this could have been an absolute great match. Yeah, Brock could have won, but like, nope. Brock just even looked, him. Brock even looked pissed, like he wanted to do something, and Vince is just like, no, no. You got, you got to squash him. You're big. You're strong. Brock does what he's told. Uh, and then uh, Goldberg delivers a series of spears to the Fiend with some near falls. Eventually hits the jackhammer. The whoopsie jackhammer. The whoopsie jackhammer and uh, pins his ass. Bray White immediately jumps to his feet after being pinned and the lights go out. This can be easily rehabbed. I wouldn't be... If you're a, a Fiend fan, first of all, what the fuck? And second of all, don't be too no, worried about listen, this. Lee, we may not like the Fiend personally, but I don't think there's any denying that the people that still watch WWE do enjoy him very much. He's probably the most overact. Um, so this was a fucking dumb decision. Well, not a dumb decision. Just just short-sighted. No, I think it's dumb. Um, the whole point is to put the, the title on Goldberg for a, a single match at Mania and then go back You don't need the title on Goldberg for that match. How about Goldberg? You don't. You're how right. How about Goldberg just comes out and is like, like they do some DQ bullshit finish so nobody, nobody loses. You're absolutely right. Goldberg if, comes out and just goes... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, I didn't get to face a real opponent. I want to face a real opponent. Roman comes out and he's like, you ain't beat me. And then yeah, that's it. That you've, I that's feel like that, that has happened. I feel like that's something I can picture in my mind. Yes, uh, when it comes to a match like this, the idea that the title needs to be involved is... It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. 
you, if you, if you were like, we don't want the Fiend versus Roman if we're going to... So the whole thing with this, and I don't know if you've been following it, is that Vince may be shopping around the big pay-per-views to a network. Yeah. Uh, meaning that instead of watching uh, Mania on the WWE Network, you will now be subscribing to ESPN Plus and paying for the pay-per-view to the tune of maybe 80 US dollars. Fuck. Which would be fucking crazy. But if you are going to do that... You can't have the Fiend versus Roman Reigns as your main event. I don't even pay like the ten dollars a month to watch this. Yeah, show. I don't even pay anything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to that end. So whatever. Uh, that was Super Showdown. Yes. What which, the fuck did you expect? Super Showdown, which now just serves to fuck up everything that they've been building to for the last how many months, just to change things up for Mania so that the ma- matches look good on paper. Not worried about the story fallout or what you're doing to these characters. Now that we've blitzed through Raw and Super Showdown, let's talk about a fucking. Actual a, a good. fucking an actual good. It's it seems shitty to say an actual good wrestling show because it's subjective. You can you could absolutely love the WWE style and all the power to you, but like that's just not our thing, man. February twenty sixth, twenty twenty, go home show for Revolution, Kansas City, Missouri, AEW Dynamite, baby. Hell yeah! And guess who opens it? Uh, the the thirty minute Iron Man match. But first. We learned that best friends and freshly squeezed will be versus uh, B squared, which is what we're now yes. calling the butcher, the blade, and the body. Our boys. Uh, Four way between uh, Sakazaki, Swole, Shida, and Shanna, which I just realized all have S names. Man, we should call. <laughs> listen, if the blade, the butcher, and the bunny are our boys, yeah, we should call them like. We should buy shirts. The four Bs. We need to buy shirts because yeah. we know that money goes. We, we're buying a new monocle for the butcher if we yeah. do that. Uh, Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz versus Jurassic Express, and a weigh-in between Moxley and Jericho, which JR multiple times in this uh, episode calls a contract signing. I don't know if you noticed that, but I was like, come on, JR. Whatever. All right. <laughs> First up, 30-minute Iron Man match between Woo! the Bastard Pac and Kenny Omega. I wrote lots of action because the first five minutes of this are just like, man, guys, calm down. You got fucking 30 minutes to go here. Uh, I have some highlights here. Flip onto Omega's shoulder outside the ring. Pack flips around his front and DDTs him outside the ring. Looked awesome. Uh, Pac hits Kenny with an avalanche brain buster off the top, ro- top rope. Not 10 minutes into the match. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Pac hits Kenny with maybe one of the most devastating moves because it looked like a superplex at first, but then he just let him left him vertical and yeah. landed him on his head. I think there's at least three dragon suplexes by Omega here, which yeah. are like my favorite kind of suplex. I love dragon suplexes. The snapdragon? Yeah, the yeah. snapdragon suplex. Uh, Pac jumps from the apron through the rope to Cutter Kenny, which was just like such a quick thing in such a long match that you don't even think about it, but I wrote it down because I'm like, that was fucking badass. Listen, can I can, can I splooge about this match for a minute? I mean, we're, we're doing it right now. Okay, but... so there's, stop splooging. There's this part later, so they go for about, like, what, the first 15 or 20 minutes, no falls yet, yep. which is already... I like that because if you watch an Iron Man match somewhere else, they might get, like, a fall within five minutes, which is not... Well, the WWE way to do it is you get two falls in the first ten minutes and then a 20-minute yeah, wrestling but, match. Yeah, like, if yeah. you compare that to other regular matches WWE has where they go, like, 20 minutes and then they get the pinfall, that's bullshit. You shouldn't yeah. be getting a pinfall in five minutes. Anyway, so they go about 20 minutes, no pinfalls. You're like, great. Then Pac gets out a chair... And yeah. smokes Kenny you in the head. You realize I'm getting to this. <laughs> yes. But I, you know, I want to go right to it because it's uh, that. Yeah. Pac repeated thing. near falls as Kenny delivers V triggers and snapdragons. Uh, Kenny chases Pac outside the ring. Pac with a DQ with a chair uh, counts as a fall with the DQ, which is the first DQ in AEW history. And That's it was, it had I a point. Was, I was going to yeah. say that. I yeah. Was, well, you I can like see it, it written right here. I like to be theatrical it. about it. Anyway. <laughs> He hits Kenny with the chair, DQ, yeah. and now you're thinking, well, this is the first DQ in AEW, like, and this is a bad one, it's going to end the match, but no, it's just a free point for Kenny, 
Right. But this goes in Pac's favor because immediately after that free point to Kenny, he hits a black arrow and gets himself a point, which yes. is chef's kiss. Because now, even though they're even again, Pac is in a significant lead after hitting him in the head with a chair. Hit him with a chair and threw the chair at him. And giving yeah. him a black arrow. Now he's yeah. in the lead. That's fucking He's wrestling. not in the lead. They're tied. Well, they're tied, yeah. but he has a lead in the sense that he's much... <laughs> His health meter yeah. is, is more... It's uh, yeah. wrestling, baby. So this, wrestling. Is the, this is the first fall in this match. 16 minutes in. First DQ in AEW history. There is a 30-second break in between. As the 30-second break ends, as Reed uh, couldn't help himself but mention, uh, <laughs> Pac hits the black arrow for his to get his fall back. 1-1. One, one. Uh, Pac salts through Kenny on a table on the outside. Uh, near fall... Uh, by countout, the Bucks help Kenny get in at the last second. Kenny counters Black Arrow with his knees. Uh, Kenny with a V-trigger. And another near fall. Pac gets Kenny. And the Brutalizer rolls through Kenny uh, to keep him off the ropes. Kenny finds his way out anyways. Immediately after that, Pac, who is an intelligent heel wrestler, just grabs him and puts him back in the Brutalizer. Yep. Which is one of my favorite spots is when the when the face breaks the hold. That the heel waits until he gets to the center of the ring and then fucking gets him again yep. with it. Um, so, we have like a minute and a half left here. Uh, Omega adjusts his body, gets a near fall on Pac. Pac and Omega go the full 30 minutes. Pac, Pac clocks the ref with an elbow. Uh, Justin Roberts announces that the match will continue under sudden death rules. I love this because if this was any other company, they would have just been like, Oh, it's a jaw, that's it. Yeah. And the crowd was rightfully pissed. But then, because AEW... It's the same thing that happened with uh, Jericho and Jungle Boy. Yeah, you can't even say AEW is smart. They're being logical and normal people. So they're like, let's Uh, do sudden death. The second the bell rings on the sudden death, Kenny hits Pac with a V-trigger. A Kamagoyaye, which I realize I have never written down before or seen written. So I have no (laughs) idea how to spell that. Uh, A near fall hits him with a one-wing angel. And Omega, quote-unquote, wins. Even though the Iron Man match was a tie, you could argue... Uh, this is a good way for both guys to seemingly have won. Yeah. If the time limit didn't stop the Brutalizer, Pac would have won. Uh, and an explosive co- combo of moves afterwards by Kenny uh, yeah. puts Kenny over. What a match. Yeah. To start Great the show. match. Great match. Uh, this match was 30 minutes long. 30 minutes into Raw, wrestling hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point that out. Yeah. Tony Shivani is on the top of the ramp. and He's going to interview Pac. Uh, after the commercial break, asks him what it's like to lose after talking so much that, shit. That's that's so funny. <laughs> if you watch like UFC or anything, you don't interview the loser unless like it was a very, I guess it right. was a like, very close match. Yeah. Um, but you always interview the winner first. Um, so I don't. Know, I thought I thought they should have doubled down. I thought they should have interviewed Kenny first. Kenny's like, this is a big victory for me, but I need to concentrate on my tag team. Yeah. Title defense at Revolution, I and then interview. Yeah, and then interview Pac after. Uh, Ask him what's like to lose. Pac is livid. Are you taking the piss? Uh, and it looks like he's about to get physical with Tony Schiavone, but thankfully, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy stumbles out of the backstage, yeah. uh, goes face to face with Pac, and removes his own sunglasses the first time he's done so. Uh, Pac asks if Orange Cassidy is a joke. Uh, oh, at that point, Orange Cassidy removes his sunglasses and gets sucker punched by Pac. Uh, a bunch of security guards. Or maybe people who... I, don't, I didn't recognize any of them anyway. Yeah. They're all wearing black. Uh, come and separate the two. Um, it's announced they have a match. Not and, yet. Oh. It's announced later in the show. But yeah. that's the beauty about Orange Cassidy is you don't really... I shouldn't say you don't need a build-up, but Orange Cassidy is such a novelty and he's yeah. such a 
fun gimmick that we, just saying he has a match at Revolution also, is enough to get people excited He's taken part in tag matches. He has yet to have a singles match. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about an Orange Cassidy singles match is the first five minutes is him doing the, the gimmick, and then the last five minutes is him wrestling. Yes. Uh, that's, the, that's the gimmick. That's yeah. the joke. So they don't need a build-up here because... Because Orange Cassidy having his first match is right. the build-up. That's all you need. So you have five minutes of him frustrating Pac by not necessarily fighting back, by doing not the kicks, shit. and Pac's just going to heal on him and beat the living shit out of this guy, and eventually Orange Cassidy's going to turn on and should lose the match. Orange Cassidy should yes, absolutely he lose, should lose the match here. Uh, or if he does somehow sneak a wing on, a win on Pac, Pac destroys him afterwards. No, I don't uh, think Pac should lose again. No. No. Pac should, yeah. Yeah. Pac should not lose again, period, yeah. at this point, because he's fucking excellent. Yeah. Uh, interviewer attempts to talk to the Painmaker backstage is denied by Hagar. They've got, uh, like, track suits and, like, new merch and I shit. I love this. Uh, I love that. Next up. Next match. Not not four minutes after the 30-minute Iron Man match. We have the Inner Circle. Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz versus the Jurassic Express. Ooh, this was fun. This is a fucking fun-ass match. This is a fun match. The Jurassic Express has, like, a, a assist, like, Marvel vs. Capcom move. Uh, where they get the guy in the corner, they all run to separate corners, and then all run and attack yeah, the guy at once. Until Jurassic Express is in the tag title scene, I think they should be opening like most pay-per-views. Well, that was like what we thought the SCU thing was, but their SCU no. is quickly... Like, Law. this Dark Order thing that they are attached to is really... It's a slow know, build. I don't think it's yeah. bad at all. But Jurassic Express is just so fun to watch. They get you yeah. in the mood. And I think they should uh, open Revolution, personally. We got a lot of everybody in this match, yeah. I have to add. Uh, there was a lot of spots where all the competitors were in the ring together. Uh, there was a lot of friendly fire in this match as well. A lot of uh, forearms being thrown to, to teammates. Uh, there's a part where... Um, Oh, for fuck's sake. Luchasaurus goes for a splash outside the ring, and, like, Marco also takes the splash. Yeah. Uh, lots of good stuff. Just watching Luchasaurus in general do kicks and yeah. standing. Everybody's getting kicked shit. in the face. Yeah, uh, just fun. fun everything's time. fantastic here. Uh, Jungle Boy pins Sammy after Darby appears and steals Sammy's sock of quarters. Yeah. Sammy, <laughs> Sammy and Jungle Boy and Darby are three really young, promising talents that are just going to be fucking huge in a few years. Yeah. And it's going to be great. For for what should have been maybe the worst match on the show, well, not consider not considering the next one. Uh, everything on the show was was quite good. Buddy, Blade and Butcher are the best, <laughs> the best worst, best, on the, show. the best part of every night. Come on, Cody and uh, MJF or uh, <laughs> MFL as I have written here. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, there's a video package. Cody and MJF were otherwise not on this show, and there was no reason for them to be at this point. Yeah, they did all the build they needed to. Um, yeah. These recaps is all you need just to get you reminded right. and excited about it. So, yeah. Put over some guys who aren't going to be on the pay-per-view, right? Yeah. That's that's what you should fill this time with. Uh, best Friends versus uh, B-Squared, uh, Butcher Blade and Bunny, who got a ton of pyro as they're Fuck, coming yeah. down to the ring. I love... I love Blade and Butcher because they're taken so seriously for people that yeah. always lose. So everybody on commentary is putting them over. They're fucking dangerous. Uh, they were hired guns by MJF, but now they're staying and they're trying to dominate the tag division, having won no matches. They won uh, one match with, when they were paired with the Lucha Brothers, but right. the Lucha Brothers got the pin, so I don't even <laughs> think that shit counts. <laughs> uh, so this was a match. Uh, there was a spot near the end with uh, Bunny and, and uh, Orange Cassidy. This was Cassidy. the match. Uh, this was the, sorry, my bad. Yeah. Of all things on this night, this was the <laughs> one. Uh, Bunny steals Orange Cassidy's glasses uh, and goes to kick him in the nuts. Orange Cassidy flips her around, steals her ears, and then goes for a suicida while wearing bunny ears. That's just good Great. fun. Yeah. That's just good fun. That's good shit. Uh, Orange Cassidy also still selling his jaw where Pac clocked him earlier. Uh, we get a strong zero and Trent pins Blade. Sorry, Blade. 
taking the pin tonight. I hope you didn't catch my sneeze on the microphone. Getting the, the coronavirus here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoa. Hey, whoa, hey. Uh, Tony comes to the ring and announces that it'll be Pac versus Orange Cassidy for Revolution. Hell Chuck yeah. Taylor says Pac's in trouble as Orange Cassidy is going to try. And then they got a... Trent corrects him and says he hasn't actually said that, but hopefully that will be the case. Uh, and then got a he will try. He will uh, try, champ. He's Orange, gonna try. He's yeah. gonna try. Orange Cassidy, who doesn't respond to anything except for the thumbs up. Uh, sure, absolutely. Why not? Eventually, he has to cut a promo, but it has to just be like Orange Cassidy. You're looking forward to your match this Saturday. And he has to go. Yep. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Next up, Fatal Four Way Action. We have Yuka Sakazaki, Big Swole, Shanna, and Hikaru Shida. Uh, of varying levels of over. Uh, what do you think of Yuka Sakazaki? She's got a magical girl gimmick, and she over. But it's like it's like with a hint of Egyptian. I mean, well, it's like a ge- magical girl genie. Yeah, it's but weird. but by a way of anime. Yeah, uh, sure, she whatever. Over exaggerated uh, gesticulations. Let's say uh, for the first bit of this match, she was avoiding the action and overreact. I don't. I don't. Uh, whatever. I don't know about. I this. don't think it attracts nor adds to the show. I think it's right. Just... That's that's about what I would say. Yeah. Um, Anyways, this was an alright match. Also kind of a chaotic match. Uh, ladies flying all over the place. Uh, eventually Hikaru Shida running knee strike on Big Swole for the pin. That's sure. This one ends. There's a lot of there was a lot of pin combinations and uh, near near falls near the end here. Uh Hikaru Shida very over for how little she's really on the show when you consider it. Uh, but it's good to have a lot of credible women in the in the wings for to be challengers. Yep. Uh of course, on the on the pay per view, we have Nyla Rose and uh, the Galaxy's favorite alien, Fuck. Chris Statlander. That man, we'll, and we'll get to that once we get to like the countdown show that they did later, which I didn't watch. So that's oh, all I you, did. buddy. Yeah. yeah, and I'll I'll get into that. But they do something with Chris Lander there, Chris Statlander there, and I fucking hated it. Um, they didn't do what I suggested last week, which is the K Pax gimmick, where you give deniable. So you you. What did I say last week? I say you do something that cannot be explained where the people who want to believe she is an alien have credibility in doing so and the other 95% of us can just think she's a crazy person. That's the K-Pax gimmick. Like, yeah, like... He's, just... He says he's an alien, no one believes him, but then something happens at the end and you're like, maybe he was a fucking alien, I don't know. But it's it you're just enough. Sure, like, do a quick, quick, quick shot of her backstage, like, taking pills or some shit. <laughs> 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 like you don't say anything, or she bleeds a different color or yeah, something. No, because then that enforces the alien gimmick. But then we're trying to find something where it, it there's just. I don't think credibility. we should be appeasing both sides. I think they should just drop. No, the it's alien not gimmick. about appeasing both sides. It's about appeasing the sides that don't want to believe in an indie alien gimmick. Yeah, then just have somebody in a white coat show up and be like, "That's what I said." Hi, I'm from the mental institution. Someone I'm looking come- for uh, yes. I'm looking for like, like well, yeah. so be like Christy. Like Lat Stander, Stewland, whatever the case, yeah. a fake name. Yeah. You know what fake names sound like? Uh, yeah, someone comes and talks to Brandy in her office, and he's like, "Have you seen this girl?" And it's Chris like Statlander, uh, and that could be a storyline in and of itself. I, then dude, the mental institution person becomes her manager. Oh shit! Now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, th- listen, there are ways to do this and make and keep the alien gimmick and make it so that me and you don't think it's so lame and people who want to believe in it can. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think it's fucking stupid. It's wrestling, right? At the end of the day. Yeah, uh, but like we're willing to believe, but sometimes the bridge is a little too far. Right, but Luchasaurus makes it work because <laughs> there's so many things that reinforce the dinosaur idea. Yeah. Krista, if no one told you that she was an alien, 
How would you know she's an alien? I would ask Excalibur, and then he would tell me. No, but, okay, (laughs) remove the commentary. Say you're in the arena, and this is your first time seeing Chris Stantlander. How would you know she's an alien just by the things she does? She has things written on her face. She has, like, markings. That's not alien. That's just face paint. Listen, man, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Dark Order, something, something, SCU, something, something, Revolution, something, something, Christopher Daniels. Uh, And they said... uh, they hinted towards broken Matt Hardy. They said something like obsolete or some shit. Let's get let's get to that, and then maybe I'll give a shit. Because right now I'm just like, yeah, that, these guys are still around. Uh, Dark Order's so up and down. Their yeah. beginning was very down, and then they had those awesome vignettes for a little bit, which went way up. And now they're doing the exalted one thing, and it's like eh. enough. Yeah, it's it's middle of the road. It's not bad. These well, the, the other shoe has to drop. It seems like they're spinning in circles. It seems like when Marty Scroll would have shown up already had he signed with AEW because that changed. But he's not a, he doesn't have like a Dark Order cult gimmick. He's just like I'm the villain. That's it. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm whatever. saying things things change. Yeah, it oh. should be. I'd much rather. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Daniels or Matt Hardy, either one's fine. Did you just burp? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this was awesome. Jim uh, Ross is backstage with the Elite Champions, oh, yeah. Kenny yeah, and yeah, Adam yeah. Page, and challengers Matt and Nick ja- Jackson, the Young Bucks. What was uh, that? <laughs> that's how Justin Roberts does it. Sure. The Young Bucks. So it's, it's not. It's got like it. Also, his John Moxley is fucking chef's kiss. Okay, anyway, let's get into this interview. So this was excellent. Very Uh, good. Hangman Page is there. He's got a drink. Uh, He's drinking a highball. Uh, The Young Bucks are there. Basically, some simple questions are asked. Uh, The Young Bucks clearly a little frustrated that even though Jim Ross... Constantly uh, refers to them as the greatest tag team in the world. They haven't had a shot at the the, the tag belts yet. Or they have, Uh, but they just haven't been able to seal, seal the deal. And the... Kenny here is kind of of two worlds. Obviously, he's got his partner. He says in the interview, hey, you know, we kind of fluked this. Like, we, we started tagging together, and hey, we got this opportunity, and here we are. And Adam Page is like, fucking fluked this. This is my this is the highest point of my fucking career. Like, I've, yeah. I've been trying. You fluked this, maybe, but I've been trying my fucking ass off. And then the Young Bucks are flippantly talking about how, hey, well, this is going to be a fun match on Saturday. We're leaving with those belts. At which point, Adam Page, who has finished his drink, uh, at this point says, you motherfuckers, like, I finally got something. This is the height of my career. And you're talking so flippantly, basically, about taking this from me. Yeah. Immediately, and, I'm out. And yeah. before this, though... Uh, yes, they quell one of my complaints. There's a, there's a few things that you haven't talked about. So, they, they like they said, they quell one of your complaints. They Hangman says, I tried to leave the Elite, and yeah. you wouldn't let me. So, this right away explains your frustrations, how... Like, he was kind of kicked out. He kind of left the Elite on being the Elite, but he was yeah. still in on TV. He's well, still roped in with Kenny Omega. Now he's one of these... Yeah. He's, he's connected to him, unfortunately. Um, secondly, uh, as soon as... When Hangman was saying, like, I finally achieved something in my career, you guys want to take it away from me? Yeah. He, the Young Bucks do very heelish things, and they start going, like, oh, where were you before this? Like, yeah. we brought you into the Elite. We brought you into Bullet Club. You were just some jobber in Ring of Honor before this. And that's a... Like... That digs deep, man. Um, so, like, that was some real, real heel shit. Yeah, yeah so out of nowhere, uh, this idea that, oh, Hangman Page is going to turn on Kenny, which makes no sense. Yeah. First of all, he's fucking super over as what he is right now, which is a babyface. Yeah. Uh, like a no-nonsense, ass-kicking babyface. Uh, so you shouldn't touch that, but what can you do to further babyface him in this match? 
And it's turn the young bucks. Yeah, and this is what uh, I discussed, and you guys keep stealing my fucking. No, because after I saw it, I'm like, oh, that no, makes no, perfect I'm just sense. Joking. Yeah. So what uh, I personally think is going to happen on Revolution is uh, young bucks will lose after a very hard fought match, and their frustrations will boil over. Where so I I don't think that at all. I think that the young bucks fucking win. Win. Well, regardless, I think we both agree that the idea of this match will be a competitive match against friends and a slow turn yeah, over the course but, of the match. Like, uh, so I think the Young Bucks are going to lose. I think their frustrations are going to boil over and they kind of just get into a little shoving match with Hangman. Yeah. Hangman... Uh, Kenny won't want to change Kenny's going to go yeah. between them and be like, guys, guys, calm down. Young Bucks are going to like... Hangman's going to try to walk off. The Young Bucks going to pull him back and fucking like attack him or something. And yeah. Kenny's going to very quickly dispel it so there's not a huge beatdown. And Hangman just walks away and that's it. Young Bucks have now turned. Yeah. Kenny is somewhere in between. Hangman now just walks off and he's that's his, that is his exit from the Elite. Right. Yeah. And then I think Hangman... There, and there's Kenny, also the subtle part of the Iron Man match where the Bucks are there in Kenny's corner and helping him at that point. Yeah. Uh, just a little extra, but little, I think this is gonna needle Yeah, and I think this is gonna help push Hangman and Omega into oh, absolutely very predominant singles yeah. careers. Yes, uh, that's where I thought they would just lose the belts, like Young Bucks heal on them and win. At which point, Hangman has no reason. Yes, to hang I out. think it's more logical though for the Young Bucks to turn on Hangman if they lose, though. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking they turn during the match. I'm saying this isn't an after match thing. Oh. I'm, I'm thinking they're cheating to win this thing. Yes. I well, yeah. I would say they would sprinkle in some heel things during yeah. the match for sure. Yes. I think it gets that way as they get frustrated. It turns from a competitive match into a desperate, like oh, shit. Think like you see it play out in real time versus any one thing happens. Yeah. So by the time this match is over, win or lose. It's very clear that the young bucks are are not what they yeah maybe. But I'm very uh, I'm I think I'm very adamant about the Kenny being between them sort of thing. Sure, yeah, because Kenny then just needs to spin out into a singles program is what needs to happen here. Uh, Whether that's chasing Moxley or whatever comes after Revolution, Uh, but this will really uh, babyface Hangman Page, who can then completely separate himself from the Elite, especially if he loses the belts. And I think that's when they should debut their secondary title, whether it be a television title or Intercontinental. And Hangman Page can Hangman Hangman wins it, yeah. Yeah. That is correct. I'm glad we agree. Yeah. Uh, Revolution Aftermath, uh, next week, Lance Archer, Tramp Stamp Hoyt, has signed with AEW. Tramp Stamp Hoyt. And is expecting to make his debut, maybe on that show, maybe afterwards. Yeah, good. Uh, He's a big man. They need more big men. This is uh, good. Uh, the way in is next. JR again calls it a contract signing. Uh, after the commercial, uh, Moxley and uh, Jericho and the inner circle, who are all holding each other's shoulders. Yeah, so play. by all accounts, Tony Khan's a big UFC fan. Um, yeah. And this is very reminiscent of a UFC weigh-in. I think it looks a little cheap. It seemed goofy, but by the end of it, you were like, yeah, the, the complete chaos that ensues. Yeah, I would have I got a step up. I would have improved the set a bit. I would have done it on the entrance wrap where you have more sure. room. Yeah, yeah. And it looks a bit better with a with a back wall and stuff so the ladies can hang in the back. You can have the yeah. officials there. With the open ring, it just seems a little, I don't want to say amateurish, but a little cheap maybe. Also that they didn't roll out a carpet yeah. or take the ropes down or something yeah. at this point, right? Because there's no more wrestling to yeah. be had. Uh, so, long story short here, as we're uh, quickly running out of time and you want to hit the aftermath, yeah. uh, Moxley takes off his clothes and weighs himself. He's uh, <laughs> 234 or something, soaking wet. Everybody cheers. Uh, Jericho taking his sweet time, getting into, uh, he takes off his, what is he, takes off his sunglasses, and, and takes then his, his title, his fucking neck. Uh, the crowd is sh- shouting, Fat Jericho, uh, which of course is a meme from earlier this year from Japan, where Jericho uh, puts on weight, like, he's fit, 
But the way Jericho puts on weight, he looks a little rotund. Well, it's just say. when you get that old, yeah. that's just what happens. <laughs> you just get fat. <laughs> that's what happens. No, he's just trying to be bigger. I mean, he's lost a lot of weight. Jericho gets then. on the mic a few times here and uh, disses uh, Kansas City. Uh, he keeps fucking around until Moxley just throws him a fucking brutal headbutt. Yeah. Cuts him open on the bridge of his nose. Uh, Jericho's bleeding everywhere. Complete chaos ensues. Uh, the inner circle uh, jumps John Moxley. Dustin Rhodes comes running down the ramp in full face paint. Which is unnecessary in my sure. opinion. Uh, in wrestling gear to fight uh, Jake Hagar and pull him out of the ring. Darby Allen hits the ring. Sammy gets the better of him with a, a skateboard and breaks it over his head. Uh, complete insanity. There's just people doing moves, brawling, uh, shit going down. Moxley and Jericho find each other in the ring and do a bit of a brawling spot. Uh, eventually, uh, Jericho hits Moxley with his finisher, the paradigm shift, on top of the scale, and we go off the air for yeah. uh, for the pay-per-view. Overall, I don't think this episode was as good as last week's, because last week's was no. fucking amazing, yeah. but this was a very solid show. Very and a good go-home show, because yeah, it gets you thinking home. about... It, it doesn't... Like, there was nothing left for, for Cody and MJF. A lot of these programs, it's just... We're just waiting for it to happen. Darby yeah. and Sammy, uh, Dustin Rhodes and Hagar, for example. Th- these these things just need to happen at this point. Uh, so this was a fine go-home show. And, hey, if you're not excited for Saturday and you've been following AEW, I don't know what more they could have done. Because this was a fucking phenomenal slow build of all of these matches. There's not a single match on that card, even the women's match, uh, that you aren't interested in seeing. So... Well done. Uh, we have three minutes if you uh, want to hit there, the aftermath. Yeah, there's not a lot to talk about anyway. So, like I said earlier, Tony Khan's a big fan of UFC. UFC always does these like embedded countdown shows, which is done in a very documentary style. Uh, they'll have a narrator and you know, lots of slow-mo when it yeah. comes to the moves. So this was very close to that, if you've ever seen that on YouTube or anything like that. Um, I'd say the only notable things to take away from this is they spent a lot of time on Cody and MJF as they should have since it's, as they weren't on the show. Yeah, yeah. a lot of time on uh, Moxley and Jericho, and everything else kind of got a little bit of time. So, like when they're when they got to Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose, yeah, like they were trying to explain away like the alien gimmick. So Excalibur says, "Well, if you ask some people, they say that she crash landed." Yeah, see, that's bullshit. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> I, it's it's such a weird disconnect when you have such a a real like it's very reality based right documentary like UFC style and then you're fucking talking about aliens right and it, I, which is why I'm talking about you just give that one little thing and then don't you don't have to talk about it like this no I think you should just get rid of the get rid of the gimmick altogether right. get rid of it that would be easiest yeah but just, then what like I I've never heard seen or read anybody. Being like, yeah, Chris Statlander, alien gimmick. That's doing it. It's for a me. detriment to her, who is otherwise one of the better wrestlers. They yes, maybe have. absolutely. Yeah, yeah they should, I'm not like it's obvious she doesn't want to be just a female wrestler gimmick, and no. I, I totally appreciate that. But there's there's got to be something else out there that you can do. <laughs> Throw a rock and hit a better gimmick than yeah, fucking no, she crash should, landed. In yeah, the area she should doing. just like get rocked in the head and then just be like, yeah, it's, it's like a seven year old's like original character story, like. Yeah, if, landed yeah, in Area 51. Yeah, if you, if, like, I went up to like one of my small cousins and was like, if you want to be a wrestler, what's your game? I want to be an alien. It's fucked up that on the same show where we're praising a guy who pretends to be a dinosaur right, that an but, alien can't But work, like but. I said, there's so many things in regards to Luchasaurus that reinforce right. the dinosaur gimmick. Yes. And also, he's broken the fourth wall before. Yes. He's, he's straight up said, like, I'm not a dinosaur. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Like, yes. Whereas Chris Stantlander, the only thing that in regards to her that's an alien is... The commentator saying she's an alien. Nothing else she does is she boops people. Reed. Yeah, it's not tongue yeah. in cheek. It's not breaking the fourth wall. It's just like I'm an alien. 
I'm going to do nothing to reinforce that. I'm an alien. I'm yeah. a legal I'm an alien. alien. I'm going to do nothing to reinforce that gimmick. You just have to accept that. And yeah. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, it's lame. Yeah, it's like Stone Cold saying, I'm a badass, but then he doesn't talk, he doesn't drink beer, he doesn't beat up Vince McMahon. So he's just Orange Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. What a loaded week of wrestling. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, in the case of this week, more bad than good, uh, based on what we personally had to do. <laughs> uh, but Revolution is this weekend. That's very exciting. Hell and yeah. it's Saturday night, baby. Fuck yeah. That's great. So if I'm busy Saturday night, Sunday morning comes around, 6 a.m., I'm up with the, the rooster or I'm like, watching wrestling. Or if Revolution goes on, well, goddamn, I don't have to wake up for work the next day. Yeah. So this is perfect. Fantastic. Yeah, I love pay-per-views. What a novel concept. Yeah, I love pay-per-views on Saturdays. The UFCs always do, yeah. always do their pay-per-views on Saturdays, and it's a fucking blast because you can actually get together with people. Yep. You're not going to get together with your people from across the city to watch a pay-per-view until well, fucking, 11 on a Sunday. Never mind fucking WrestleMania when it starts at 3 p.m. and goes to 11 On a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah. So it's just like... Not only is it eight hours, it's also on a Sunday, and there's nothing left to do when it's over except be upset at whatever fucking and transpired. Then go to sleep. And then go to sleep. And have a shit sleep. <laughs> have a shitty sleep. But that's, uh, that's, that's that, man. That's going to be the show. Uh, for myself, Lee, and for Reed, that's been the Sultans of Fire. And welcome to the town. Come on and slam. Dragon, dragon, rock the dragon, dragon ball Z. Ah!